Lindsay. And I'm Sarah, and together we're the co-founders of Whale Tales, a living library of cetacean stories. Today we are catching up with each other and catching up with the news. Plus, the perfect whale tale to start the new year. So sit back and enjoy as we dive right in. So, it's a new year, it's 2021, there's a new president, it's a new day! The internet is not terrifying. At least we're recording this the day after Inauguration Day. And so who knows what it's going to be like in a week. But today it's been full of Bernie Sanders memes and I am overjoyed. <laughs> Gentle listener, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, we're just maybe still a little drunk on uh, joie de vivre and, and the newness of the new day. Um, but we are still living in a pandemic. And uh, that sucks. And I'm pretty sure that this is the longest that uh, the three of us have gone without seeing each other since we became friends over a decade ago. Yep. Because I don't actually remember the last time I saw you in person. When we dropped off the presents. Yeah, we dropped off Christmas presents. That's right. Okay, but that was still like a month ago. Yeah. Yes. How how are you? Um, I'm hanging in there. I don't really know. Um, I did read a really good book over the holidays. It's called Grayson by Lynn Cox. And it's a short, uh, it's only like 100 and something pages, 200 pages, maybe short nonfiction story about um, an event that happened to the author when she was 17. She was a long distance ocean swimmer and she was swimming off the coast of California and came across a stranded baby gray whale. And mm-hmm. it's great. Ooh. It's great. Um, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Super chill. Mm-hmm. Gray whales are yeah. cute when they're babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, just, yeah, hearing about the experience of like swimming in the ocean, like long distance swimming, because she had before this um, event happened to her, she'd already swam like the English Channel and the Catalina Channel. Like she was a super experienced long distance swimmer, even at 17. So, um, yeah, that part was cool. Yeah, that's that's my update that I choose to share with the wider audience. Um, <laughs> Lindsay? <laughs> um, well, I'm living this one day high of a happy internet. Really, that's all that I'm thinking about right now. Just spent most of the day looking at Bernie Sanders and his mittens. And by next week, it's probably been forgotten about, but I don't care right now. Nope. Well, and uh, as our listeners probably know, you are our social media czar. And so you are the one who really makes the whale tale social media run. So you haven't had an option of looking away from the internet this whole time. No, that is correct. Since I started doing social media was about four years ago. I don't know if anybody else remembered what else happened about four years ago. So this is, it's yeah. been a day, one full yep. day. Of a uh, medium and also a hundred years. Yep. So right now I am feeling real good. Um, Excellent. We'll see what happens. Anyway, I'm also drinking red wine out of my Troy and Abbott in the morning uh, coffee mug that I got. <laughs> to match my sisters for Christmas and both love them and we're giant nerds. And that's my update. Nicole? Excellent. Uh, I'm also just uh, happy with life and also, you know, still the mother of a two and a half year old. Two and a half today, actually. Today is his half birthday. Oh yeah, it's also the 21st day of the 21st year of the 21st century. Whoa, that's a big day. 
I know. And so being the mother of a two and a half year old is joyous one second and trying the next <laughs> and then That's joyous again. <laughs> so I'm I'm alive and I'm here and I'm very, very excited to be joining you two and joining all of our listeners for our first podcast episode of 2021. Because guess what? There hasn't just, well, there actually hasn't been a lot going on with us, but there has been a lot of news in the cetacean world. Uh, so we decided that for today's episode to start off the new year, we're going to catch up on all of the latest kind of turn of the year cetacean stories that we didn't have a chance to chat about so uh lindsay what's new big blue whale whoa 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 (laughs) (laughs) i was wondering what tune that was going to be too (laughs) side note i definitely brought up my list of every single cetacean to see if i could try and find one that rhymes with pussycat there is no such thing there's no cetacean that rhymes with pussycat so that's the song now. Well, it says here that I'm supposed to say this is fitting because I had to describe all the blue whale populations in our blue whale episode. But again, this was written by Nicole. So it's not actually ironic. She planned this on purpose. <laughs> um, but there is a new blue whale population. So let's talk about it. Uh, an international team of researchers has discovered what they believe to be a new population of blue whales in the Western Indian Ocean. And this is based on the analysis of the new population song. So the director of the African Aquatic Conservation Fund's cetacean program and visiting scientist at the New New England Aquarium first recorded the novel song in 2017 during research focused on the Omira's whale in the Mozambique channel off off Madagascar. He recognized it as a blue whale song, but one that had never been described. So this novel blue whale song was recorded even more prevalently preferably off Oman than Madagascar, and at that point it became clear to the researchers that they had found what was likely a previously unrecognized population of blue whales in the western Indian Ocean. As we talked about when we did our blue whale episode, blue whales are the largest animal ever to live in the world, so how do you hide an entire population of those animals? Well, the Indian Ocean is not actually very well explored or mapped, So this research reveals that there might be hidden highways through which the whales migrate, feed, and mate. Um, The large shallow banks between Seychelles and Mauritius um, that are remnant of a long-lost underwater continent is an important biodiversity hotspot for whales and is also known as a nursing ground for pygmy blue whales. Yeah, so this is super cool. Um, I don't know much. uh, The majority that I know about blue whale populations is what we talked about in the episode but this is really cool that they found this and just like by accident it's also because they discovered it with song like nobody might have even seen this species for or this new population for sure like yeah totally yeah because their song travels such long distances that they might not have seen them yeah the amount of work it takes to identify individual blue whales and then identify a population of blue whales and then note that it's a different one than something else like that would take i don't even know decades to then confirm that it's a new population like well and that was a really cool thing that i found when i was researching this story that i didn't include in our show notes but basically so when uh dr salvatore the the main researcher on this project when he presented his findings a couple of years ago actually was when he first described the song at the i think it was the society for marine mammalogy when he first presented it there was a researcher there who studies the Omuras whales in the Mozambique Channel, 
who basically the the article I was reading was like this other researcher, this Omura whale researcher, held up his hand, and it was not an acoustic researcher, but just a, a studying another aspect of the Omura whale, held up his hand. He's like, oh yeah, I have some recordings of that. I guess that's not my whale. <laughs> Because he just thought wasn't what he was studying. So he had just recorded some songs while studying the Omeros whales. And it was like, ah, actually, those are your blue, your new blue whale population songs. Here you go. <laughs> oh, yay. But yeah, I do really love the imagery of blue whales just like hiding in a trench, basically mm-hmm. away from all humans. And just being like, tee hee 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 hee. They don't yeah. know we're here. It's the greatest game of hide and seek. Another possibly new species of whale was discovered also in late 2020. Uh, Researchers believe that they have found a previously unknown species of beaked whale in waters off of Mexico's western coast. Uh, Jay Barlow, who's a marine mammal biologist at the Scripps Institution of Oceanography in San Diego, and his colleagues came across three unusual beaked whale specimens while they were tracking a different beaked whale in November of 2020 near Mexico's remote San Benito Islands, so about 500 kilometers south of the U.S. border. And then when they were looking at these pictures from their encounter later, they noticed that the whale's teeth were unusually placed and that underwater recordings of the whale's calls also suggested that they were unique. So the scientists are now waiting analysis of water samples that might hold skin cells for possible DNA testing of these whales to confirm if they are indeed a new species, um, which is pretty cool. So cool. Also to see three of them together yeah, and be like, huh. That's a that's a whole new whale right there, and there's three of you. That's just it's just two more than just one new whale. Mm-hmm. Well, because also there was a new beaked whale species like in off the coast of Japan not that long ago, like since whale tails has been running. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what year, and I don't remember it might have been a subspecies. I don't remember anything else about it except that there was a new one. So this is two beaked whale species that we have discovered in the past five years. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. It's crazy, but they dive so deep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at a glance, they all look pretty similar. Like, yeah. it wasn't until they saw in their mouths, really, that they... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just lucky enough that they saw in their mouths. Like, that's mm-hmm. pretty big deal in general. Um, what were the beaked whales' mouths doing open? Like, they're not eating at the surface or breathing with their mouths. So that's no, but they have, those, they have those... Um, what is that tooth called? The, the fang one. The lower yeah. thing yeah. It, that sticks it, out. The that kind? I think so. I think well? yeah. It's they're so they think that they are sorry, so they'd set out they'd heard these sounds in twenty eighteen that they were trying to figure out if they were linked to the Perrin's beaked whale, which was only discovered in two thousand and two and they'd never found anywhere alive. They'd only found them mm. stranded on the coast. Yeah, so the, the whale's teeth were further back in their mouth, they had darker coloration band from their eyes to the top of their heads, and a light streak from their stomachs to midway up their bodies. So yeah, it's super crazy. Like they're out there looking for an already really w- rare whale mm-hmm. that's never been seen alive, and then they find something else. Yeah, and because there <laughs> are three of them, you know it's not like just yeah. a random color. Exactly, like yeah. an in- or an injury or something that makes their yeah, yeah their mouth look different. Yeah. Which is so cooperative of these new species of beak whales to show up in a group so that that could be, you know, yeah. something that's ruled yeah. out right away. They're much less sneaky than those blue whales hiding <laughs> in the trench. <laughs> They're like true. near shore and everything. Uh, near shore. And uh, the new species don't stop there, as it turns out, you two and listeners. On January 10th, so just, you know, a week or so ago from us, a new study was published that describes a distinctly different 
possibly entirely new species of baleen whale. So not subspecies, but actually new species of baleen whale uh, that would be very closely related to the Brides whale in the Gulf of Mexico. The genetic samples from 36 individuals have been studied and have been tracked and looked at their DNA and they look genetically distinct from any other sample of a baleen whale that exists. And they also, this this publication looks at the morphological examination of one complete skull from one of these mm. baleen whales, as of yet unnamed. They haven't come up with a name for it because they're still in the sort of like proving it's its own species element. And when they looked at the skull, the researchers were able to identify diagnostic characters that distinguish it from the other sort of medium-sized baleen whales in the Balanoptera genus. So we're not talking blue whale size, but we are talking, you know, gray whale, bridey whale size, just also completely brand new species from the Gulf of Mexico. So there's whale, this is the, this is the theme of today's episode. Whales are hiding everywhere. <laughs> so um, I follow the Smithsonian Natural... National Natural History Museum on Instagram. And I saw today, I was like, oh, that's a cool baleen whale skull. No, no, it's the skull of this new species um, <laughs> that they're tentatively calling the Rice's whale after a cetacean research researcher named Dale Rice. Um, yeah. And it rice was a, like rice, like the food or is it rice, like the food? Yeah. 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 So Smithsonian researchers, along with NOAA and um, the National Museum of Nature and Science in Tokyo are working on preparing this um, complete skull. Yeah, ba like the baleen whales, especially these ones, like Brudes whale, like say whales and Omura's whales and stuff were all Brudes whales at one point. Mm -hmm. um, like basically before DNA was a thing. Um, and we're like, well, that whale looks the same as that whale, which is kind of also how false color whales got their dumb name. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah totally. So stuff like that, like all of these things and the one that we don't have on here because it's not an official new species yet is that they're testing the DNA that they got of the type D killer whales in Antarctica last year mm -hmm. to find out if we actually have an official new species of killer whales because that's going to blow everything up. If, yeah. that become, if that's true, the internet's going to be just very confused. <laughs> very confused. Yeah. And well, once you start splitting, it kind of trickles down it seems yeah, like yeah because so. there's been studies about how bigs are more closely related i think mm -hmm. with mdna to antarctic killer whales than they are to like the residents and stuff yeah. like all of this stuff how the killer whale ecotypes are related and genetic wise and stuff it's such a weird thing and how species are decided upon in subspecies and blah 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 and you want to hear a rant about taxonomy, you should read na the naming of things. <laughs> Nicole wrote this. I feel like we um, often rant about taxonomy. It's um, one of my favorite pastimes. <laughs> but yes, especially if uh, if our listeners have not read this month's naming of, I did, I did go on quite the taxonomy <laughs> rant. So enjoy that. Um, but yeah, like that's that's news that will break the marine mammal world internet. Yeah, um, if that becomes true and like and then yeah but then here we are without any sweat three new species that we just talked about yep which is crazy crazy the whales they're, are out there it's they're whales exotic. they're not like beetles or something no exactly like, can you imagine like if we found a new like like species of elephant or something like yeah <laughs> like exactly like size related yeah it's just a damn ocean hiding in all those trenches yeah exactly i mean the 
Baleen one is really more just like they're looking at existing individuals that have been in mm-hmm. collections for a long time that just everybody assumed were just like maybe a distinct population or something of Broody's whales. And then, and then realizing, oh, if we group them together this way, they're actually really different. And then now they can look at DNA and they're getting even better at like getting DNA out of mm-hmm. preserved samples and stuff. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah. Well, I mean, they're getting better at getting DNA out of anything like the, like the blue whale or sorry, not the blue whale, like the beaked whale that there's just like water. There might be <laughs> skin cells in the water. Hooray! Yeah. And like, Hopefully it's the right ones and hopefully there weren't other beaked whales there like 10 minutes before. <laughs> yeah, there will definitely be other DNA in that sample, but hopefully that, yeah, they can figure out that it's a whale. Um, yeah. So in addition to all of our awesome cetacean news, we also have some whale tales news to catch up on. We have some really big milestones coming up. We're almost at 50,000 followers on Instagram, which is pretty insane. And we are also at almost a thousand stories on our website, which is crazy. I think... We are at 974 as of... Oh my gosh. Monday or something. I don't even know what day it is. Anyway, this week, as of this week, we're at, yeah, about 974. Um, So we're planning something super special for that. So keep your eyes peeled and have some kind of celebratory contest, something, something. And (laughs) you will... Maybe if you have a whale tail, send it in because you could be the thousandth story that's on our website. I get to decide and my whim changes every day. So who knows <laughs> who gets to be the story? Um, you just can bribe me if you want. Um, <laughs> but we're really looking forward to that. It's kind of crazy, um, especially because I've just we've just been putting stories up and up. And every time I look at the tally, it blows my mind. And also next month is February, as you know which is uh, World Whale Day. So we are having another mailbag episode. So you can send us your cetacean questions by February 9th. You can DM us or email us and we will answer them. And we've already got some really cool questions. Really cool questions, Um, yeah. So I'm super excited about that because I love answering your guys' questions. And even though Nicole does all the research, I love learning about what she learned. Um, So... (laughs) Send them in by February 9th. So there have been a number of you listeners who have reached out to us over the past, uh, the last kind of two or three months of the year with links to articles or even offers of translation, which I cannot say how much I appreciate. And I'm actually currently compiling some things to send to those of you who have offered to translate. So thank you in advance. Um, Basically, this is based on the discussion that, that we have had a couple of times on the podcast, but especially towards the end of last year, I think it started with our River Dolphins podcast. And then we just kind of came up a couple of other times that obviously the three of us, um, we are based in Canada. We are all primarily English speaking. I do speak French, but not at the level that I would feel comfortable reading a professional scientific article in French. And so we're limited. We're just we're limited by geography and by our yeah, our language and, and where we are. And, you know, Google search tracking algorithms and stuff in terms of the research that we can find. So if you have a really cool article that you want to share with us and you're, I mean, please, no matter where you're from, we want to read your articles, but especially if you're not from North America and you're listening to us, hello, thank you. And if you have some articles about research going on in your home country, we would love to hear about it. And maybe we could do kind of like a around the world research episode one day that would be really really awesome yeah so thank you very very much to those of you who have reached out already it um it's not going unnoticed and we can't tell you how much we appreciate it yeah and i also want to give a shout out to val who gave us our 
River Dolphin's story, uh, mm. her whale tale, because she has been translating Spanish posts that have been sent to us since whale tales started. Um, I don't want to make her have to translate papers because it's not her job. <laughs> she didn't offer. I just randomly send her screenshots of Spanish uh, and say, please translate this. And she does because she's fantastic. <laughs> so thanks, Val, for being uh, for telling me about all of the whale tales in Spanish that people do keep sending in for us, which is also, also great. Please awesome. send in all your stories. I only have a French and a Spanish translator at this moment, but... <laughs> We will work on it. And uh, all in the spirit of thank yous, we also want to do a special shout out to our patrons. Thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting us with your hard-earned money to be able to let us do what we're doing here at Whale Tales. We really cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. If you haven't heard of Patreon, uh, Patreon is a site where you can support creators like us for... Um, the work that they do and in exchange for your support you get fun awesome perks uh that Lindsay's going to tell you a bit about yeah so we have three tiers one dollar five dollar or ten dollar a month um with different levels of rewards including a weekly newsletter a merch discount and some watercolor paintings that done for you by our very own nicole we also have some other exciting stuff coming soon Yay! it's been a very busy month of planning and so keep an eye out we're so excited it's gonna be so awesome it's really gonna be awesome i'm really excited um keep an eye out on our social and or just sign up for patreon right now and you'll read all about it and you might even hear about things sooner than normal other people <laughs> Becoming a patron is so valuable to us because, as you have heard us say, the three of us all have other full-time jobs, and Whale Tales is a true labor of love for us. And so your financial support of what we're all doing with our volunteer time, it makes it possible for us to host a website that now has almost a thousand stories and pay for those hosting fees um, and make sure that Whale Tales can run. So thank you so, so, so much to those of you who have already become a patron. We will never be able to thank you enough for your contribution. And thank you to everybody who's thinking about becoming a patron. But honest and truly from the bottom of all of our hearts, we understand how how tough money is to come by. Um, we've all worked for nonprofits before and we've all been struggling students. So honestly, just listening. And if you aren't able to become a patron, uh, if you aren't able to give a dollar a month or whatever you can give, just leaving us a rating or sending us a comment, it truly makes our day and it brings the greatest of smiles to our faces. So thank you so much. Yeah. Or just tell your other nerdy cetacean friends about our podcast. Even if you want to just send us a DM, because I will screenshot it and send it to them and everything will be happier for them. Indeed. Yep. Indeed. That's how it works. That's how our text chain works. Okay. You know what time it is? I, I do. do. It's time for Fun Flipper Fact. Fun Flipper Fact. The first Fun Flipper Fact of 2021. Fun Flipper Fact. I was going to keep you going. That, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't. That was on the spot creativity, wow. which is why it didn't end well. But that doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> Welcome to the first Fun Flipper Fact of 2021. Today's Fun Flipper Fact is inspired by the fact that the three of us have recently discovered that we have a mutual fondness for what I consider to be a surprising passion for yoga. I never thought that I would enjoy or like crave 
doing yoga every day and then sort of by accident all three of us ended up following yoga with Adrian and um doing a various yoga challenges and we've been talking about that not as much as cetaceans but still talking about it um and so I've just been paying more attention to my body and my alignment and my spine and that got me thinking about whale spines and how much better I always feel when I'm floating in the water and how I I suffer from scoliosis, listeners, and so I have frequently wished that I could be a whale and just be weightless in the water and not have to not have to struggle with back pain on a regular basis. So then I started thinking about, you know, despite spending an oddly large amount of my life thinking about both whales and back pain. I've never actually looked into how many vertebrae a whale has oh. and compared it to my own anatomy. And so I have done that for today's whale fun flipper fact. I have looked up the number of vertebrae in humans and cetaceans, and I think the results may surprise you because they did surprise me. I obviously knew that, you know, for the most part, most whales' vertebrae were bigger than ours. But it turns out they actually have, in most cases, a lot more vertebrae in the... Do we get to guess? Yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. Okay, so in the most case, they have more than us, but sometimes they have less and sometimes they have the same. So we, uh, I've separated this into the same sections that our spine is in. So in cervical, thoracic, lumbar, sacral, and caudal vertebrae. And let's start with the cervical. So I'm going to give you the human numbers. We don't have to do any kind okay. of like actual biology test here. <laughs> okay, good, because I don't remember. Humans have seven cervical vertebrae. Want to take a guess at how many cetaceans have? Twelve. Four. Uh, no? The answer is seven. Oh, oh. same. Yeah. Now, well, I will say this is the first time um, and really the only time. Now, I will say that for most of the rest here, there might be a range in cetaceans because, uh, you know, some cetaceans are larger than others. And that's not just the size of the vertebrae. Sometimes they actually have more bones. But in the case of the cervical vertebrae, cetaceans and humans have exactly the same. We have seven cervical vertebrae right up there at the top or nearest to the skull. I'm moving down a little bit lower. Thoracic. Humans have 12 thoracic vertebrae. Any guesses on cetaceans? 20. 14. Ooh, Sarah's in the wind. She's in the range. But Lindsay, you are just outside of oh, it. Damn. Cetaceans have anywhere from 9, which is less mm. than our 12, to mm. 18 thoracic oh. vertebrae. Interesting. All right. Let's move down a little bit lower into the lumbar region. Mm. Humans have 5 lumbar vertebrae. How many do cetaceans have? 8. 9. Oh, I like how close you two are there. Um, you are both correct, yes. although um, this is a very big range. Yeah. So cetaceans can have anywhere from two, again, less than our five, hmm. to 29 <laughs> lumbar vertebrae. Well, I guess that's a lot. The further depth, like we don't have tails, so you're going to yeah. like move things more. They need lots of flexibility down there because yeah. that's they like do. their engine. Yeah. No, that's what makes the whale go. Which is why I think this next part will surprise you. So after the lumbar, we come into the sacral region where we have five fused vertebrae. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So these ones don't, you know, have as much flexibility, which is part of my problem. <laughs> um, how many sacral vertebrae do you think stations have? Two. Six. Zero. Zero. They have none. Oh. <laughs> because it goes into the tail? It goes into the caudal area, yes. Yeah. And so for <laughs> humans, we have four caudal vertebrae going into our tailbone. And let's take guesses for cetaceans caudal vertebrae. 27. 11. Lindsay was spot on. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm the champion. So, 
cetaceans can have anywhere from 19 to 27 oh caudal God. vertebrae. Just one price is right. Right? Compared to R4. So in total of all of the bones in our spine, we have 33 and cetaceans have anywhere from 37 to 81. Yeah, but if you count a tail, it makes much more sense. <laughs> But still, like their tails are big, but they're not like three times the size of their body lengthwise. Yeah. So there we go, everybody. That is today's comparative anatomy fun flipper fact. And I really liked the game element of it. So I might try and uh, work that into some future fun flipper facts. All right. Can you make them have prizes next time? <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. And that brings us to our whale tale. And today's whale tale is one that I think you listeners are really going to enjoy. Um, I will not lie, this story brought me to tears in a really positive, emotional way. This story comes to us from a friend of the podcast uh, and colleague of mine. Her name is Kaylee Ann. And I am just going to let Kaylee Ann tell you the story herself. And I hope you enjoy. First, a bit of backstory. Coming from Alberta, we never really learned much about the ocean growing up, and what we did learn was very abstract and felt almost mythical. UBC has this massive whale skeleton hanging from the ceiling at Beatty Biodiversity Museum, and from the moment I saw their little hip bones from when they used to walk on land as their distant ancestor Pachycetus, I fell completely in love with them, and I've been frankly obsessed ever since. Five years after that moment, I had still never seen a whale in person, and all my friends made fun of me because I would stare out at the ocean convinced that every single wave that I saw breaking was a dorsal fin. So fast forward to New Year's Eve, my partner and I went to Lighthouse Park to say our goodbyes to 2020, and we were trying to list off all the good things that had happened through the year so that we would enter the new year with a bit of wonder and hope. While we were sitting on the rocks, watching a storm roll in across the ocean, four orcas surfaced right in front of us and one even breached. I'm getting teary just thinking about it right now. Seeing that at the tail end of such a crazy year felt too magical and I was just overwhelmed with happiness at finally seeing my favorite animal. I just happily sobbed as I watched them swim away and then I immediately called my mom to scream cry almost incoherently what I had just seen. It's something I will never forget. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. That was amazing. Mm. Thank you, Kaylianne. That was that was really special. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. If you want to read more Orca stories, we have 467 out of our 974 stories on our website right now. Um, surprisingly, oh, being in the Salish Sea, I am... People send us killer whale stories and we're not complaining. Um, <laughs> so go on over and read them. You can read all our stories by category, by the le- um, by species category on the left-hand side of our website. Um, you can see all the species we have there. We have over 30 species. Before we wrap up our podcast, um, we thought we might share with you some of our ocean or conservation themed resolutions for the year. Lindsay, do you want to go first? Yeah, this year... I've been working a lot more, and so I've had a little bit more money, so I've been able to actually buy some clothes, which is exciting, even though, spoiler alert, they're all yoga clothes or leggings, because I work at home and nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I did actually just yesterday get my first order from ThreadUp, which is an online secondhand store. 
um, from the States. So it came from Pennsylvania, but it took a long time, but I wasn't that concerned about it. And it was amazing. The clothes are super high quality. And I got a bunch of yoga clothes and clothes for when I do go into the office. And all of them, like the sweaters, the yoga pants, all of them were like, they're all brand names, Old Navy, um, which is what I got the yoga pants for because I know those pants. And a bunch of other ones, higher quality ones. And they're all like $9 each. And so I got three tank tops, yoga pants, and two sweaters. And they were like $70 plus shipping. Wow. Um, And they were all secondhand. So they were super good quality. So I highly recommend ThreadUp. Um, you can just find it on the internet. Um, yeah. And otherwise, just fixing your clothes. Like we've talked about that before. Going through, I talked about it a bit in my recent blog of like how normally when you donate clothes, you're like, I haven't worn this in a year, so I have to throw it out. It doesn't really work this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've got lots of clothes I haven't worn all year. Yeah. Also look at them and be like, well, I didn't really like to wear this before and I'll probably never go to the office again or something like that. But uh, I actually also pulled back a bunch of clothes that I was about to donate because my life changed right when I was about to donate them. Um, so that worked out well. But yeah, just look at your clothes in the light of your new reality, not like what you think might happen. So that's what I'm going for. But we all will go to a ball in the 2020s. Mm-hmm. I, One day. We, so don't throw out your ball gowns because we're going. <laughs> there will be amazing balls. Uh, just not yet. <laughs> amazing mine is um a little different but still related to the power of our purchasing and how that can affect um the economy and the environment around you um with the new year it was uh time for me to sign up i think i talked about this on the podcast before i signed up last year was the first time and now i've re-signed up for a um, community supported agriculture farm box So I was super excited about it last year and I'm still over the moon excited to support them. Um, I, it was great every week. It's from like the end of May until the end of October. I would go, it's literally two blocks from my house where I pick it up at the farmer's market, have a nice chat, visit with the people working at the farmer's market. Um, We were lucky here that farmer's markets were deemed essential service um, for the food providing part of it. So they ran all all through the whole summer Mm. um, and that will continue regardless, I think, of restrictions here. Um, It was so great. And this is the time of year, if you are in the Northern Hemisphere, probably to start thinking about that, if that's something that you want to do. It is like a chunk of money to lay out. But when I now that I know more about how much food I got and have been tracking how much I've been spending on vegetables, not having that box, um, I felt really comfortable doing it. And I just also feel really lucky that I could buy 20 weeks of vegetables all at once, which not everybody can do, but like, Mm -hmm. it feels really great to be able to support a local farm, support our local food system and support my body with healthy vegetables. Yeah. yeah. And maybe this year we'll actually get to go visit their farm. Yeah. Cause they're out in like, Mm -hmm. not super close to where Nicole lives, but like closer, closer to Nicole than we are. (laughs) Everything (laughs) farm related is closer to me than you two. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that would be a fun plan. That's awesome. Mine is also uh, kind of related to both of yours because mine is clothing related and also power of purchasing and sort of like trying to buy local related. So um, primarily this has to do with my son because all of my money is spent on my son. Um, And the fact that 
I have, since he was born, um, frequently felt guilty about, even though I have tried to make some changes in my own life about fast fashion for myself, um, it, I've really struggled with it for children's clothes, especially because my son, son is, is a giant. Yep, exactly. He is two and a half and he's already into 4T and 5T clothes. 4T pants and 5T tops. So we've gone through clothing so quickly, just so quickly. And it's really, really hard. I mean, it's hard for parents ever to justify the, the amount of money that is needed for really high quality children's clothing. And it's especially hard when your kid is growing so quickly. Um, but he has sort of said, slowed down his growth a little bit. I hope that I'm not jinxing <laughs> Um, but his growth has slowed. And additionally, he's also, you know, he's a, he's a toddler who's trying to gain independence and he's not quite as messy most of the time as he was <laughs> when he was a baby. Um, and we've also, I think also, I hope I'm not jinxing this, we've made it through potty training um, with decent enough success. <laughs> so my, my New Year's resolution about the clothing that I purchase for James for this year is to purchase, um, you know, from sustainable local clothing manufacturers. Um, I don't want to purchase any clothes for him that weren't made in Canada uh, and ideally supporting local family-run businesses in BC if I can, but definitely in Canada. So that um, I ordered to kind of like start off the new year. Uh, he needed some new PJs because PJs always fit so tight on kids. I don't know what that is. <laughs> and so he did need some new PJs and I found a really amazing uh, local to BC uh, a couple actually local to BC little kids clothing shops that make sustainable cotton and sustainable bamboo kids clothing and uh, they haven't arrived yet so I can't attest to the quality but I'm really really happy with just being able to be more more proud of talking to James about where his clothes from and and why we need to take care of them <laughs> yeah that's so nice and then I have another new year's resolution which is not so much in the form of sustainability or even having to do with citations but it does kind of get to what we often talk about in the podcast and was our call to action for December just because of how 2020 went um and I wanted to share it here because we're in a new year and want to start fresh and it's about sharing kindness and in one of the parenting magazines that I read there was actually a really amazing article about starting a family kindness challenge and trying to every month find ways with your family to to spread kindness and be really mindful about it and it listed a bunch of different ideas and one that really stuck with me because you know in the new year lots of people include myself included also want to try and focus on their health and I tend to especially because I don't leave the house very often these days when I do leave the house I think of it as a treat and so I want to go to a drive-thru and like treat myself to Krispy Kreme or Tim Hortons or something something from the drive-thru that's not the food in my house and so one of the ideas from the magazine that I have made a pledge to and have done twice already this year because it's the two times I left my house and went to the drive-thru is anytime I go to the drive-thru this year I without question will pay for the person behind me oh that's so fun and it's a nice surprise for them because they obviously have no idea who I am and I don't care what they've ordered. I have no way of knowing until I've already tapped my credit card. Um, but I just, I like the idea of, of spreading kindness in the world. I like the idea of the family challenge. They don't have to do that, but just like thinking with your friends and family about something each month or a goal for the year to do to try and 
put love and kindness out into the world. And the side effect is that I have also actively not gone to the drive-thru <laughs> two days because I was like, I don't actually have the extra change to potentially pay for somebody behind me today. Um, so it's just made me more mindful about my my various drive through trips when I do leave the house. That's so great. I think that brings us to the end of our episode. And we would, of course, love to hear your thoughts on this episode, your resolutions, your whale tales, everything, anything that you want to tell us. We would just love to talk to you. So please visit our website, whale-tales.org, and find links to our various social media handles so that you can drop us a line. You can also tweet at us directly. I am FHG07. Sarah is Sarah K. Given, no H. And Nicole is Nick F. Can, C-A-N-N. You can also head to our website to subscribe to our podcast, check out our merchandise, and learn about supporting us and becoming a patron. While you're there, you can read almost a thousand whale, dolphin, and porpoise stories. Yay! That's whale-tales.org. Tales like the story, not tales like the animal. And if you've seen a cetacean like Kayleigh like so many of our listeners, we would love to add your story to our library. Click the share link on our site, contact us on social media, whaletales.org, or email us a voice memo like Kayleigh did to tell us all about your incredible encounter. You could be a number a thousand! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and don't forget, thank you again for listening and for supporting us. We will be back with two episodes next month filled with more fun facts and whale trivia don't forget we have our mailbag episode coming out so if you have whale related or dolphin related or porpoise related questions you can send them to us by february 9th that whale bag episode will be coming out on 24th of february and our normal episode will be coming out on the 10th of february amazing Hooray! And a little teaser, a little teaser about our February 10th special edition episode. If you go back and listen to our February episode from 2020, that's all I'm going to say. Nicole's fulfilling a promise. I'm fulfilling a commitment. Challenge accepted and almost completed. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. And of course, have a whaley great day.